Hi, everybody. This is Kathy. And this is Todd. And welcome to our new show called Conversations with People We Love. Um, we're going to be speaking with authors, friends, philanthropists, you name it. It's basically people who are out there making the world a better place. Yes, these people inspire us and we think they'll inspire you. And this program is brought to you by BU, Raising Whole and Courageous Kids. These aren't just workshops, it's a movement. Enjoy the show. Here we go. My name is Todd Adams. What's, what's your name? This is Kathy Adams. Um, welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is going to be one of those conversations with people we love. Yes. Uh, tonight we have um, a guest. His name is Josh Becker, and he's from California. God, Josh, say hello. Hello. Where are you from? California. <laughs> Whereabouts? Monterey, California. Where's that? Uh, that's on the central coast. It's about uh, two hours south of San Francisco. All right. All right, and what do you do out there? As little as possible. <laughs> How's that working out for you? Not too well. All right. Um, so this is kind of a free-for-all, as it typically is, but usually when Kathy and I do free-for-alls, um, well, it's just you and I. Before we go into the free-for-all, can can you or can Josh explain what he does and why he's a perfect oh, why, guest for Oh, why do show? we have him as a guest? Yes. Okay. Because right now they're just thinking we have Josh from Monterey and he doesn't do a lot. <laughs> um, well, Josh is uh, a friend of mine and he, um, I, I should let you yeah. explain it, but I'll do my best to at least give you the intro. Um, you uh, facilitate uh, an organization or help an organization called Breakthrough for Men. Mm -hmm. And it's out in California and it is a... That's the end of my introduction. You go ahead. What is Breakthrough for Men? Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, definitely part of what I do. Um, Breakthrough for Men is a, a community. It's been around for 25 years, and uh, we've uh, helped nearly 2,000 men live more fulfilling lives. It's a uh, it's based on a 34 week program uh, that that uh, men come to. This um, this is in Carmel, California, and uh, men are uh, given the tools. Uh, necessary to uh, look back throughout their life to find out um, how they came to where they are and and why they make certain decisions in their in their lives. Um, they're able to um, work through uh, or give the tools um, to work through some a lot of the challenges that they face now. Um, Can you explain why um, I have a hard time getting a group of men together for two hours a month and you are able to get a group of men together 34 weeks out of the year? Is it because I'm bad and you're good? Well, that would be the easy answer. <laughs> but um, um, no, you know, I, uh, well, I think there's a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, as I mentioned, Breakthrough's been around for 25 years. Okay. So it's, it's a time-tested model. Um, a lot of it is, is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think the, some of the value, uh, there's, there's two things to, to the breakthrough model. Uh, one is we contradict how men are raised, uh, in the sense that, uh, the organization really focuses on support. Uh, so for the 30, uh, on average, the 30 participants that attend the 34 week, the uh, 34 week workshop, there is about 20 uh, men on the leadership team. Uh, so there's a lot of support uh, in, in, in the model. Um, and the other thing is that the, uh, it's not just one philosophy. Uh, breakthrough is, is, uh, is a culmination of probably about a dozen different uh, 
uh, philosophies, teachers, and authors uh, that help facilitate um, or that help to build the program. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a really uh, uh, full, whole, uh, and encompassing program. It's not just based on one philosophy or one or one idea, and and it's something that's uh, digestible. It's something that that's uh, relatable. Um, it, we don't speak over anyone's head. Mm-hmm. It's 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 real. It's it's uh, it's grounded, hmm. and um, and and the reality is, for twenty five years, we've had men come back and volunteer their time. It's a nonprofit organization, and uh, the men that are involved in the um, on the leadership team, uh, I'm a presenter, as I mentioned, uh, are, are volunteer, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that speaks volumes. When I devote. Uh, four and a half hours, uh, actually more than that, a week mm. uh, to to the community. Uh, in addition to everything else in my life, for free, mm. that there's something to that. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the you know we were we've been kind of talking about this before we started the show because we've been with Josh today. Um, but you were just saying how you are contradicting what men are raised to believe. You know, you're like kind of showing them that there's a different way. And talk a little bit more about the, you know, the fact that you said there's all this support around them because as boys grow up, they're taught that they don't need support, correct? And what Mm -hmm. is that? Like why? And again, maybe there's no easy answer that you two can give, but men are taught that if they ask for help, that they are not men. Uh, can I answer? Yeah. Please. I think it's because um, we have a fear of being perceived as weak. Ah, so weak. I think, I think that's if, if you wanted to drill down. I mean, that's as far as I could drill down. Maybe you could drill further down. But um, if we ask for help or if we look like we are in need of support, we are perceived as weak and we're supposed to be men who procreate and just do, we're macho. That's it. That's, that's it. all you guys do is procreate. I'm talking about like the caveman of who we are and what girl's going to want me if I am looked at as a weak person. Mm. So you think it's all about finding an intimate relationship? Well, that's not all what it's about, but if I'm going to try to break down into, you know, sizable chunks of information, that's what I think it is, is how you're perceived. Yeah, that's right. And we're always trying to woo women. And how can you woo women? I just like saying woo women. I, I think you do. If you are, um, you know, whatever the word is, a pansy, a sissy, or all those things. Okay. What do you got for me? Um, I think as a society, we have a very um, shallow definition and understanding of what a, of what a man is. And um, by that, I mean that we are born uh, with many qualities, right? Um, vulnerability, uh, sensitivity, tenderness, gentleness. Um, strength, courage. Um, we're born with with many qualities, and under the male role, um, it we were shortchanged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're told that um, you are strong, and you're not vulnerable. You're courageous, and you're not tender. Uh, you're intelligent, and you're not thoughtful. Mm. Uh, you're powerful, and you're not beautiful. So. We're given a very, um, <clears throat> we're put in a very small framework, and uh, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, when we do certain things like reaching out for support, uh, that that's translated back to um, some of those qualities that's not in that male role. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't fit what other people are comfortable with, right? Which yeah. is a very small yeah. interpretation of what a man. If you look at it that way. Uh, a quote unquote man is actually a very 
uh, is, is, is actually smallness. Small being. The small being mm-hmm. because you're not allowed to, um, to realize your, your wholeness. And your right. Wholeness and is- when you talk about wholeness, like I, we, Kathy, you and I talk a lot about masculine and feminine characteristics and how we as human beings have both of them. Always. Whereas as men and boys, we're taught we're only supposed to have the masculine. Right. And I don't know if girls are on, are supposed to are taught only to have the feminine, but it just seems more extreme for the guys to be pigeonholed into a certain category and not allowed to display any forms of feminine characteristics, whether it's you know the, some of the ones that you just mentioned, like thoughtfulness and beautiful and things like that. But we all are that. It's just a matter of putting uh, your upbringing aside for it. And when I say upbringing, I'm not talking about parents damaging you. I'm talking about our society as a whole. And I was going to say, that's the challenge right there is that to put aside a world that you live in, because, you know, we've been sharing with Josh just about our own work that we've been trying to do and working with young boys and working with dads. And it just, it's like falling on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. And it's very, um, even though we know that there's a place for it and we know that it's necessary and we know that we're failing our men and our boys, we, because society accepts it Mm -hmm. and we're, we don't see how, and maybe we do, but we just turn a blind eye to it. How all these things that you just said, Josh, they connect to men being more violent. You know, and again, I'm not saying men are naturally more violent. I'm saying that we see more violent behavior in men because the emotions don't get expressed naturally. They right. They out. get stifled, right? Right. Well, yeah. Idea. I think in addition to that, I think it's actually acceptable to be violent. So true. Um, men are given, you know, men are given very short um, or very limited options by which they can uh, release their uh, their hurts. Exactly. They can have sex. Because yeah. if a man's having trouble, hey, he just needs to have That's sex. Right. And then he'll be fine. Right. <laughs> or he can go have a drink. That's right. You know, oh, hey, you need, you need a beer. You know, yeah. things aren't, you're having a tough day? Yeah, you need a beer. Very limited things that they can do. Men, um, and, and the only real manly way to express anger is violence. violence. It's not anger. It's actually violence. So That's, right. um, that's all you get as a guy. That is so true. So um, I think the majority of our listeners are women, but obviously we have a good percentage of men that listen to the show. I think that some people are saying, people that have not agreed are either yelling at us through their computer or have turned us off. Um, So I guess my question is... what wouldn't they agree with? I think that the typical macho man... Would say, what are these flakes talking about? <laughs> Do you? Of course. Okay. But those flakes probably would; those people would probably not be tuning into us to hear us in, in the, the first, first place. place, right? Um, but where I was going with this is, if let's just say for the wives out there, and they have their husbands who they know that there's some sensitive side to them, yet they're having a hard time. Uh, the man is having a hard time showing it to either her or to his friends or whatever. I just wonder if you, if there's any advice that we can come up with to, I'm always trying to spin this in a way to help the listener, to mm-hmm. give them a tool that they didn't have before. And I just wonder if either one of you guys has any... Is it a tool for the men or a tool for the women? Let's start the with the women helping their husbands. Well, I'll say one thing and then Josh can add to it from all of the experience that he's had. I would say that as women, we ask for certain things from men. We are, you know, why don't you tell me things? Why don't you be more close with me? Why don't you be more more vulnerable? And then when men do show vulnerability, we 
use it against them. Mm. And we will, and I'm saying we, and I don't, I hope personally I don't do that to you, Todd, but the collective we, meaning women, I think that we will say, you know, don't be so wimpy or I can't believe that's making you upset or, you know, so we'll say, oh, why don't you be more vulnerable with me? But if they show vulnerable uh, behavior in other areas of their life, we shame them, you know, Mm -hmm. for doing it. And because we're uncomfortable with it too. So what we ask for is often not what we're allowing for. Mm -hmm. That's, and so there's a self-awareness piece there, but Josh, go ahead. And what would you, what do you think about that? Like, what do you think women can do to support men who are needing the space and the, um, the ability and the support and the, um, acceptance of being more whole? Yeah, that's a that's a big one. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, and I don't think there's a simple answer. First of all, yeah, uh, I I think it starts with um, with women helping to uh, create or facilitate a safe environment for the man, knowing that it's safe for him to express whatever it is he's he needs to express. Mm-hmm. Um, letting him know that um, if you cry around me, it's okay, mm-hmm. and I won't think any any less less of you. Um, I, I I think safety is a, uh, safety and trust is a very um, tender uh, and sensitive topic for men. Um, there's a lot of safety issues Mm -hmm. and men need to know first that they're safe. The, the reason that, the reason that, um, we tend to either get really quiet about things or blow up about things is because there's that lack of safety. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that to me, that's the first step. Um, so maybe, maybe I'll, uh, there's more as you mentioned, right. minute, but I, I, I think, I think that that's really helpful. That'll at least allow the man to know that he can open up. So what about a guy who's listening to this right now? And he's like, wow, are these, you know, I can connect with some of the things that he's saying, that this Josh guy is saying, but I don't really know how to do that, how to bring that out. And aside from taking the 34 week breakthrough for men course, is there any books or exercises or anything that we can come up with to, um, you know, put them in a position to make some shifts in their lives that they have uh, up to this point been unable to do for whatever reason, anything? Well, that's a that's a big question. Uh, I mean, certainly, uh, I think reading, uh, reading, going online. I mean, I, I, uh, we didn't mention before. I guess I, I have a a site called I Simply Am. Uh, I Simply dot dot M is the is the site, um, and I also have a um, a podcast as well. And I speak a lot to this. And of course, your your uh, your podcast does a, a wonderful job of uh, uh, of doing that as well. So I think just listening to to this podcast. Um, is, a, is a great a great first step, uh, and I also think it's. Uh, um, I'll mention one other thing that take a look at, at the people that you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Are are they? Uh, are you? What kind of conversations are you having? Are you talking about sports and beer and women and um, and whatnot, or are you able to connect on on that deeper level that you're really yearning for underneath? If you're not, um, consider maybe. F- finding um finding some 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 other friends yeah. uh that you can have start having a little deeper conversations with well and i would suggest that it's and i know you are not suggesting this either there is a place for that part in our lives also 
you know, fantasy football and beer and all that. But if that's all there is, that's out of balance. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't want to project any idea of demonizing that. Although I've probably said that on the show as I get sick of talking about my, you know, the White Sox and beers and getting as drunk as we possibly can and all that. Uh, That's become very, you know, I lived that through my 20s. And now it's just really boring for me now that I'm 41. Now, on occasion, sure, I'll go out and Mm -hmm. have a really fun time with some friends from college. But um, if that's all I did, then I would be much less happy. So anyways. Well said. Exactly. You know, everything is balanced. And we were just, again, we were talking upstairs about it's not about like, disregarding friends and saying, I'm never going to be with you again. You're not, you know, progressing my growth. It's about recognizing everybody has a place, (laughs) you know, and there are certain friends that give you one thing. And then there are certain friends when you open yourself up to the idea of um, talking deeper with men, um, all of a sudden those men, when you're just saying those men walk into your life, you know, they become available to you and then it doesn't mean you have to let go of everybody else. It just means you have to create space for new people. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think that's true. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, because I didn't want to forget this, is Joshua, the point that you were just making about, you know, uh, having women be conscious of if a man uh, feels he needs to cry to create space for that and allow for that and be a safe space. And that um, there was a man, and I can't remember if he emailed us, Todd, or talked to us, but he, when we were trying to promote our classes for boys, he said, the word you need to use with men is insecurity because every man, and again, he was generalizing, but is insecure Mm -hmm. because they're constantly trying to cover up who they really are. And so if you use that word, that'll really trigger a lot of men. And I think that, you know, when you are, um, it's not about, men are insecure, period. It's about when you're constantly trying to hold everything in and be something to everybody that you can't be, you're going to have a natural insecurity. I mean, women have it too. When they're, when they're trying to be something they're not, you know, you just don't feel good about who you well, are. Well, and I remember that email and with all due respect to the guy, I don't connect with that word. You don't. Like, and maybe it's just because I got plenty of issues, plenty of baggage, plenty of things I'm trying to work through, but I don't know. And maybe I'm oblivious to it, but I don't think of insecurity as something that is holding me back. But you don't express a lot of your emotions. True. And so in, there is part of me that thinks that even though it's not, hasn't come completely to the surface yet, you have an insecurity about showing when you, you there are certain things I bring up with you and it'll be a difficult thing to bring up. Mm-hmm. And you'll say, Sorry, know, my bad. Um, I'll say, um, you know, and you'll say, I'm so glad you brought that up because I didn't feel like I could. Mm-hmm. That's insecurity. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Maybe the word doesn't resonate with you because what man would want to accept insecurity as right. their word? Right. But that's true. I'm with you. Okay. Um, what about this? Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. That's what we're talking about. Do you about. know what that's from? No. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. It was accidental. I didn't even plan to play that one, but it's staring right at me. Tommy boy. Tommy. What do brothers got to do? They got a hug. Oh, Bro- hug. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, sure. Let me tell you why I suck. <laughs> That's good. It does sound from Tommy Boy. That's also from Is Tommy it? Boy. All right, one more. I am loving. <laughs> All right, sorry. Move on. All right, um, so now can we do the questions thing? So We're going to do one. Let's just start with one and okay. see what happens. So, Josh, you get to pick. So we all decided to write down a, a question that has no significance whatsoever is just random and we're all going to hear each other's answer to that one question right 
Did sure. I explain that well? Sure. Let's. I don't know. So this know. is like a random exercise, and this is. We came up with it two seconds before. Welcome we to Zen Parenting Radio. <laughs> so my arms are too short, so somebody's got to grab one. All right. But I'm, you're not allowed to grab your own question. I'm going to grab this one. Is this yours or Josh's? I don't know. If it's mine, it's a good one. Okay. I don't know. Hopefully you can read my writing. Okay. Yeah. So Todd's is, what is the one thing, you put one is the one thing you wish you knew. Yeah. What is the one thing? Yeah. What was the wish? Yeah. Okay. You're asking me that. What is the one thing you wish you knew 20 years ago that you know now? Isn't that, I should get a good. Applause number eight. That was a great question. Thank you. Yes, Thank was, you. So, Josh, let me ask you, Mr. Guest Guy, what is the one thing that you wish you knew 20 years ago that you know now? And you're not allowed to say something like, well, if I didn't learn that lesson, then I wouldn't be who I am today. You have to come up with a concrete answer. What's the one thing or what is a thing, not the one thing, it's too limiting, that you wish you knew then that you know now? Anything pop into mind? Um, the numbers for the super lottery. Um, <laughs> I should no? have qualified okay. that as an answer that you're not allowed to say. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll pick another one. Uh, 20 years ago, right? Yeah. Okay. Or 30. It doesn't matter. It's not a strict 30. thing. 30. Okay. Um, what's the one thing? I got one. Let's hear it. Give, let Josh do you want up. time or do you No, have I'll pick one. Okay. Um, okay. The one thing I, I wish I... You know, it, let me let me just add. Let me sure. let me embellish your question a little bit. Uh, it's or, my uh, question. Oh, your question. Okay, that was a good question. You have <laughs> you hereby have my permission to embellish my question. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just add it. Add the one thing I wish I knew and believed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So one thing I wish I knew and believed 20 years ago that I know today, right? Okay. Check. Is that you ready? I'm okay. Uh, hold on. <laughs> I just did that symbol with my mouth. Okay. I am, and I will, and I will always be enough. Mm, that's good. I like, I like that, that one. <laughs> Can we jinx buy me a coke? You buy me a We're coke. We're saying the exact I'm not same buying thing. You a coke. Okay, I have coke do, in the do fridge. I get a, do I get a drink? You don't get any coke. No, sorry, that's a good one. Now I don't want to answer because he had a good one. <laughs> that is good because really, I, I hate to, to, to show me to up. Close this wow. with just that, but that is the if we understand that. Yes then anything's possible. Do you know, like, we don't have to... If we believe it. If we believe, believe that. It. It's, it's not such just a knowing, difference. it's believing it. Totally agree. So it doesn't matter what struggles we're going through right now. If we believe that we are enough, then everything's A fine. lot of things just go... Blah, 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 they dissipate. It just falls off. That's what, right. what was your answer? Mine is that, um, and I guess it's just a piece of the worth, worthiness, but gosh, I wish I would have known, is that your thoughts aren't true. Mm. because I lived so much in my head and I battled so much of my thoughts and denied and pushed away or couldn't look at my thoughts because if they were thoughts, then it must be something true. Mm. And the the idea that thought is just thoughts and they're, they're not, they're just supposed to come and go. They're not something you need to battle and fight. Um, was it um, the untethered soul where he talks about the roommate the, the inner yeah. roommate mm-hmm. was he talking about thoughts? I'm trying to. I yeah, wish he's I, talking about you know the the thoughts in your head, the neurotic thoughts. You right. know that, and that is your, your inner roommate, and that is a roommate that lives inside your Forever. head. 
forever, mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily have to listen to no. him. It's like, and what I loved about the the neurotic roommate metaphor is that when you look at it that way, if you lived with someone like that, would you listen to them? Right. I mean, first of all, you'd move out. Right. We can't do that. Right. But you can say, okay, I hear you, but I'm not going to base my decisions on what you say. Mm-hmm. And for me, that, you know... Again, this is just what Josh was saying about believing something and knowing something. I've always known that. I've read that my whole life. But when you start to really practice through meditation or mindfulness or just awareness, you know, quiet time, whatever, and you start to see that when you look at a thought and you don't judge it and when people would say that, I would say, what do you mean you don't judge it? You just don't give it the power, even if it's a really awful thought. You say, it's just an awful thought. Mm-hmm. There's not, you, you don't have to do anything with it. It's when I was listening to John Kabat-Zinn and he was yeah. talking to Oprah and he's the man. he was talking about, you know, when he's in meditation and all yeah. of a sudden you think this meditation is supposed to be this peaceful, serene, absence of thought type of exercise when in fact it has plenty of fear and judgment and prejudice and everything else. That's the majority of it that comes up in my And mind. what you do is you just say hello to it That's instead right. of trying to resist it because what you resist persists and all that stuff. So, And John Kabat-Zinn's best quote, you know, to give a visual is that your thoughts are waves and that you learn to surf the waves mm-hmm. is you don't, mm-hmm. you can't stop the waves. Mm-hmm. The waves will always come. Right. But you learn to surf with them and to realize that you can flow with them and right. that they're, they're not truth. Right. They are, you know, what's inside is truth. Like the way you feel and your intuition and your gut instincts, you know, that's like, or, you know, what, but thoughts are just, and you can't stop them. Right. Um, we have time for one more question. Josh. Well, but you didn't answer. I don't have a good answer. It so was, you did. A, you you're did not allowed to answer your own question, silly. Okay, okay I think we should do Josh's because mine sucks. Hmm. Let me see. You're your judging sucky. your thought. I no. am. I'm judging my. Is this thought. your sucky this question? This is my. Yeah. Okay. This is, I'm it's not decide. even a question. It's just a word. Oh. Two words. Is it? Are they two good words? Are they white socks? Chicago white socks? <laughs> no. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. Favorite teacher. Wow. I know mine. Oh. Kathy Adams. No. Yes, you are. Really? Yeah. You're, I'm your favorite teacher? Yes. That's nice, Taddy. Romantic Thanks. and nice. Yes. Uh, second, Eckhart. Okay. Those are my two teachers. All right. I take and that. third, my mom, so she doesn't get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, what do you got for me? <laughs> Follow that one, Tiger. <laughs> Sweetie. <clears throat> um, okay. Follow that one. Take your time. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm waiting for a drum roll. After. I was oh, say, sorry. <laughs> you got to cue me. You got to. This is a. Oh, is that the? Yeah, you got to know the Zen here. Okay. Signs. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. You, uh, you know, I am my favorite teacher. Wow, it's multi layered it answer is. there. It it well, and wow. Well, no, go ahead. Speak, woman. I I agree. It's that whole, and again, it's hard to see it from this perspective unless you've had a lot of like, you know, like deep, I don't want to say breakthroughs, but I don't care. Breakthrough for men, sweetie? No, well, yeah, because <laughs> we're talking about that. But you, you know, it's the inner, it's your, you are your own guru thing, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah, you, right. You have to, you, you have the answers already. So a lot of what people are doing is like what Eckhart always says, they're just pointing the direction. Yeah, but you got to go there. You got to do it. Right. I like that. Answer. What's your answer? I thought I wasn't supposed to answer my own question. Okay, you're off the hook. That was a, that's a good if you're going to grade answers between Josh and I... I'm not grading anything. Come on, which one was better? 
That's, they were both. He's pointing. He's, he's pointing, pointing to himself. <laughs> With two fingers, by the way. That's that's twice. He's doing. Who, who had the better answer? Who's got two thumbs, thumbs and the better up. answer? This guy. You know, when you point one finger at somebody else, three fingers are pointing back at yourself. That's right. But I wasn't doing that. I know, but it was a good line, and it was a I good just line. Wanted to mention that exactly. See, I'm doing it do, right now. Should we, do we show have, uh, number three? Okay, so, who hasn't read a question yet? Josh. All right, read it up. <clears throat> okay. Is he, is he reading his own? Yes, I, I believe so. Well, it's uh, it's fine. Okay. All right. This is the question. Okay. How do we practice? Hold on. Drum roll. I'm now going to ask a completely different question. <laughs> How do we practice self-love? Ooh. 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 <laughs> well, that's layer too. Okay. I will just go with the first thing that came into my head. When I... My first step in self-love, because I believe that there's a lot of different practices. I feel like every moment you can practice self-love by choice. You know, like, what? how am I going to answer this question? What am I going to do next? But the thing that I know helps me tremendously is if I have time away mm. from everybody. And I'm talking like nine minutes, you guys. And I don't know why nine is the mm. time for me. I either do seven, nine, or 11 minutes. You know, really? We were talking yeah, about numbers. Like yeah, yeah. Prime numbers. Prime but, numbers. Yeah. Nine's not prime. I like prime rib. Ooh, <laughs> do you? Me too. I do not. Yeah. Yet I like prime numbers. It's weird. I like seven, nine, or 11 minutes. And I sit and I'm quiet and I have a beautiful little spot that I sit in. Mm -hmm. And when I don't do that, Okay, and here's the weird thing. You know, we we're talking about the ego being so tricky. This was before we were on the air, but we were talking about the ego can trick you. I will try to do things. I will convince myself that I'm too busy to do that, even mm. though I know that that's the best thing I can do, mm. that that sets a, a theme for, or not a theme, what is it? What am I Precedent? Thinking? Just a foundation, foundation stage, stage foundation, yeah. for the rest of my day. Mm -hmm. And yet I will like come home from working out or get on my computer and be like, you know what? I just don't have time for that. And that is such an ego-y trick. You realize that you, in some ways you sabotage, well, in many ways you sabotage yourself. And so that is my first step is when I do that, I feel like I have created more space to practice self-love the rest of the day. And I'm not saying if I don't do it, I don't practice self-love at all. I just feel like it's a little more of a, like it's like exercising. It's like I didn't open up. Well, I mean, you are much more uh, disciplined on that than I am because when I have 85 things on my to-do list that I need to get done today, the last thing I would do is go upstairs and meditate. And, and that's the first thing that you do. Right. And the irony is, is if you were, and again, I'm just speaking, um, I don't know this for a fact with you, but I think I think it's true with everybody. So I guess I do know that it would be good for I'm you. I'm part of everybody. You are. Is I was going to say is if you did that, those things on your list, first of all, a lot of them may not seem as important anymore. Mm -hmm. And second of all, you would probably flow through them a lot easier because you're such a to-do guy. Right. And you're all about checking things off I and know. doing it. And you are always like, right. you're like muscling through. That's right. I know. Um, so my answer is kind of similar to the last answer we had. Self-love, I would not judge my own thoughts. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, mm -hmm. but that is... If I could just allow negative thoughts to come without judging them, I think I would be able to love myself much easier. That's my answer. Nice. Thank you. Josh, do you want to answer your own question? Are we allowing that now? Sure. I've, we, we just changed the rules for you because you're our guest. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the two words I would use will be um, acceptance and allowance. That's uh, accepting myself as I am mm -hmm. and allowing myself to... Uh, to, to be who I am. Mm -hmm. And so uh, f 
forgiveness. Well, I'm, I'm using, I'm throwing in a third word, self, self-forgiveness. Um, so. You know what? You know what I want you to say? I know we're probably, you're probably trying to get we to the end We are officially over time. Well, let me just say this really quick. You just gave me a really great tip uh, earlier today about when we make a mistake, mm. we should celebrate it. Yeah. And so will you explain that real quick and then we'll. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier about uh, inherent qualities, about qualities that make up who we are. And fallibility is one of them. So we're all we're all fallible. And instead of saying that uh, most of us, when we make a mistake, if we don't go right into the shaming thing, uh, we say, well, it, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay. And, and so I would challenge that and say that it's not just okay to make a mistake. It's actually that you have a right to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, fallibility is, is, is an inherent quality of ours. And, um, to deny that quality is to literally abandon ourselves. And and if we can't accept ourselves as fallible, then we can never accept ourselves as a whole. So celebrate all of you, not just the parts that you quote unquote like. So the next time you make a mistake, celebrate it. Well, and I would uh, probably say the same thing with different language, but just the idea of us adults, like we're always pushing our kids to try new things and all that. And we as adults are so scared. We're risk averse. We are risk averse. So there we are trying to guide and teach these little kids, yet we are so afraid of making a mistake that, you know, the world's going to end and it's simply not true. So it's just a funny um, paradox or contradiction that we have between parent to child. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're, these kids, every single day they go to school, talk about anxiety provoking. I know. There's so many things you got to deal with. Mm-hmm. We all well, we all dealt with it when we were at school. Uh, but now that we're adults and we're in the real world, we have a safe job and we do our safe little thing. And I'm speaking generally. Obviously, there's plenty of people out there that, that take risks every day. But the bottom line is, even if you fail, to your point, Josh, it's not such a bad thing. It's actually celebrated because it, 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 that equates to you put yourself out there yeah. versus right. something safe. And you know you don't feel too good. You don't feel too bad. You feel numb. Oh, sorry. And that's kind of connected. That was a mistake. That was. See, see, see? celebrate hey, it. Hey, congratulations! And Thank you. And just to connect that back to yours about when, because when Josh said that, that language really resonated with me because I actually just wrote something earlier this week about making a mistake and how I did feel like I processed through it well, but I can't say just that little shift in being able to be like normal. You know what I mean? Rather Mm -hmm. than, oh my gosh, I totally messed up. I got to, you know, which is my most calm. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. And instead, you still have to process through maybe some feelings that are going to come up. And that's what I was going to say to to your point. You were saying that you wish you didn't judge your thoughts so much. And so they're both, those are kind of interconnected where if you make a mistake and of course the negativity is going to come up, but you just kind of, you know, this is just part of being who I am and it doesn't make me less than, Mm -hmm. you know, so that, that will stick with me. No shirt. No shoes, no, no dice. Goonies oh. <laughs> never say die. Never say die. So um, we're going to close the show, and I'm going to let you um, give yourself a plug one more time regarding your website and your podcast. So go ahead. Yeah, so you can uh, follow me online at isimply.m, or you can uh, follow my podcast on iTunes, and that's the I Simply Am podcast. Uh, Josh Becker, he's a good friend. Josh, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully you had a good time. Had a great time. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Adios.